We have been in a three-part series called Prepare Yourself for the Best Year of Your Life. And I shared parts one and two with you in two previous services. And today we come to the third and last portion of this series. The truths for preparing ourselves for the best year of our life come from this passage indeed, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 18. As I mentioned before, the year was around 66 or 67 A.D., and the Apostle Paul found himself in a cold prison in Rome. He was facing death. The Apostle Paul was convicted as a follower of Jesus Christ, and he was going to be executed under Emperor Nero. Now, in this part of the Holy Bible that we call the second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote his final thoughts to dear Timothy, passing on to him the torch of leadership, reminding him of what was truly important, and encouraging him to persevere in the faith. So, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 says, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Fortunately, Paul was obviously given permission to, to have some communication, to write some letters. And so he says, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. Some of your translations there say, bring my parchments or bring my manuscripts. Alexander, verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this part of your Holy Bible. Open up our minds and hearts to the truth that you want us to know, you want us to act upon, you want us to be transformed by for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen indeed. Well, my friends, on this theme of prepare yourself for the best year of your life, in the first couple of messages, we drew out some of the beautiful and I believe very helpful truths from the scripture that we read. And as you can see, the summary on the big screen, we said that in order for us, for all of us to have uh, the best year of life, we need to remember that we can find strength, help, and comfort from your friendships, from our friendships. Amen? 
And we said we have to get over people who let us down. We have to be willing to give people a second chance. We want to and need to cherish the Holy Bible. Amen? And in the second message, we spoke of how we need to be a Luke. Be a Luke. Luke symbolizes loyalty, faithfulness, kindness, dedication to the Lord's work. We said we need to stay away from people who will cause us trouble, unnecessary problems, or who will hurt us, hurt you in whatever way. And then we said we need to give family and friends proper support during their tough times. All right. Now we come to today's truths on this theme of preparing yourself for the best year of your life. And the first truth I want to draw your attention to from the scripture that we just read is this. Number one, maintain a loving spirit. Maintain a loving spirit. This truth came to my mind from verse 16. Let's read it in unison together from the big screen, shall we? The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. Notice what the Apostle Paul says. May it not be counted against them. They abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. In other words, Paul maintained a loving spirit. Do you see that? Right? He maintained a loving spirit. Paul was doing as Jesus instructed us to do in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 43 through 47, where we read, Jesus is speaking and he says, you, uh, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Those words, those words of Jesus call us to live on a very high plane, a very high level. And when the Apostle Paul said, may it not be counted against them, Paul was, was seeking to live a, a life in which he was demonstrating a loving spirit. And the question is, do you and I do the same? Amen? Do you and I do the same? What are some occasions? What are some occasions or times when you and I especially have to be careful to maintain a loving spirit? Well, here are a few. Here are a few. For, for example, when you feel someone has abandoned you. That can be a tough time in terms of maintaining a loving spirit. Isn't that right? Verse 16 says, everyone abandoned me. When you've had a time that you feel that someone has abandoned you, I'll tell you what, you don't always feel like maintaining a loving spirit. Come on now, anybody honest around here? Right? 
So, here are some occasions or times when you and I especially have to be careful to maintain a loving spirit. That was A. B, when someone has deliberately done you some harm. In verse 14, it says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Alexander did Paul a lot of harm. It's tough. It's tough to maintain a loving spirit when, when you know that someone has deliberately done something to hurt you. Here's another example. When you had certain expectations of a person and they didn't live up to them. Another example. When you were expecting some help from someone and they didn't come through. Right? Point E, when you feel you were unfairly treated. How many of you have ever had times when you felt unfairly treated? Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Yes? Yeah. That can be a, a tough time to maintain a loving spirit. Here's another occasion. When someone has, has said false things about you or has gossiped about you or your family or your friends. Uh, oh boy, some response there. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right? How about when someone questions, when someone questions your motives and you know, you, you know your motives were totally good and pure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. When you have loaned someone some money and they have not paid you back as yet. Praise God, I don't owe, owe any of you any money. Anybody owe me any money? <laughs> All right. Another situation, when someone, when someone has deliberately ripped you off. Obviously, some of these have some connections to one another. Or what about when you personally, when you personally didn't reach a goal and you got upset with yourself? Think about that. Sometimes when you, you know, for whatever reasons, you had a, a goal you really wanted to achieve, but you just didn't achieve it, sometimes we have to be careful. It can um, be tough to have a loving spirit. Or what about, what about when someone does something to you unimaginable? When someone does something to you Unimaginable. I mean, you, you just wouldn't have thought that someone would have done this. Are, are you listening, listening carefully now? You are? Okay. You got to listen carefully. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think this could happen on uh, one of the bus tours that, that uh, Stephanie t take sometimes with, with different groups, Stephanie. Uh, a tour bus, a tour bus full of older folks was cruising along a highway. In the seat right behind the driver was a sweet, kind, angelic lady, like a lot of you. Now this dear lady leaned forward and asked the bus driver if he would like a snack and offered, offered him a little cup full of almonds. The driver was, of course, very grateful, and he ate them. After uh, 20 minutes, 
This sweet lady leaned forward again and passed him another cup full of almonds. And over the next hour, this happened uh, three or four more times. Finally, the bus stopped for a restroom break, and the driver asked the kind, generous, elderly lady why she and her friends aren't eating the almonds themselves. The dear elderly lady told him that because, because of their old teeth, they're not, they're not able to chew them. The bus driver then said to her, he said, so, so why on earth... <laughs> he said, so, so why on earth, why on earth would you buy them? And the old lady answered, because, because we love to suck the chocolate off them. Stephanie, I can imagine that happening on one of your buses. <laughs> if you didn't get it. <laughs> Did my wife get it? <laughs> if you didn't get it, you speak to Pastor Lisa because she's just an expert at jokes and I, I think she got it. <laughs> All right. You know... Uh, it is, it is unimaginable to me, and I trust to you, that someone would suck the chocolate off almonds and then give the almonds to someone else to eat without telling the person. But people do unimaginable things. I remember years ago when I was a teenager, I remember a missionary or maybe I read it somewhere, but whatever. I remember, I remember hearing a missionary talk about how someone, someone sent their used tea bags. George, you probably know that too. Yeah. Anyway, my friends, there are many situations which arise, and you and I have to make a decision. We have to make a decision to maintain a loving spirit and to quietly say with the Apostle Paul, may it not be counted against them. Amen? And the more you and I maintain a loving spirit, the more you will have the best year of your life. Yes, indeed. Okay. Let's go to today's second truth. And it is this. Be encouraged knowing the Lord will give you strength to do what you need to do. Now this truth comes from verse 17 which says, let's read it from the big screen together. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. Dr. Homer Kent Jr. in his lovely commentary on this verse says, he says, but in contrast to the insufficiency of human aid, which Paul experienced, 
The Lord took his stand beside Paul and infused him with power. The purpose of this divine enabling was that the proclamation of the gospel might be fully made to this significant Roman audience. The Roman officials who heard Paul's defense were also, um, were also made the recipients of an inspired recital of the gospel. My friends, the Lord gave the Apostle Paul strength to do what he needed to do, which was, on that occasion, to preach the gospel to the court officials when he was on trial, and to preach the gospel to the prison guards and the other prison staff. And I want to say to us, be encouraged. Be encouraged knowing that the Lord will give you strength Strength to do what you need to do this year. Amen? Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, the Lord is speaking and he says, I will strengthen you and help you. The commentator in the Life Application Study Bible commenting on 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 17 says this. He says, God always gives us the strength to do what he commanded. This strength may not be evident, however, until we step out in faith and actually begin doing the task. Wow. Wow. My friends, the Lord will give you strength. I believe here are some of the areas in which the Lord is giving and the Lord will give you strength. For those of you who are making notes, I put them in alphabetical order. The Lord will give you strength to tell someone the gospel, the good news that Jesus loves them and that through faith in Jesus, each one of us can be saved and know that we're bound for heaven. Amen? The Lord will give you strength to live a holy and godly life. He'll give us strength to make it through a time of, of deep sorrow and grief, which many of you are going through right now. The Lord will give you strength to persevere, to persevere through a health heartache, a health challenge. The Lord will give you strength to get up when you've been knocked down. The Lord will give you strength to make it through the grind of life. He'll give you strength to overcome discouragement and depression. And he'll help you to believe that you will make it through your financial crisis. And he'll assist you to believe that you will overcome, that you can overcome whatever family feud perhaps you are facing. The prophet Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. Amen. Why don't you read? Read, read this verse together in unison with me. It's lovely when you read together. It's not lovely when you don't read in unison, however. <laughs> so let's read in unison. Prophet Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Here's a third truth that can help prepare yourself for the best year of your life. The third truth is this. Be assured the Lord will protect you. And this truth came to my mind from the latter part of verse 17, which says, and he, the Lord, rescued me from certain death. That's Paul the apostle speaking. And he, the Lord, rescued me from certain death. Now some of your Bible translations, depending which one you have, might say, so I was rescued from the mouth of the lion, which was an expression to say he was rescued from certain death. What was Paul referring to? Perhaps the Apostle Paul here was referring to times in his life when he was attacked by an angry mob and he ran for his life. There were several occasions like that when you read the Bible. It could be he was thinking of a time when he was shipwrecked, but his life was spared. It might be that Paul was in the Roman prison and knew, knew that he could have been executed weeks or months earlier, but his case was deferred even though he knew that he would eventually be executed in the near future. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he says, the time of my death is near. He knew that. And the apostle Paul knew, ultimately, that his life was in God's hands. That's what he truly believed. As you live your life, as you live your life this year, be assured the Lord will protect. He will protect you and your loved ones. Psalm 145, verse 20 says, the Lord protects all those who love him. Proverbs 2.8 says, he guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Is there an amen in the house? First Peter chapter one, verse five says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. Just over nine years ago, many of you will remember this, just over nine years ago, I discovered I had a particular form of cancer. I knew of several people who had died from the same kind of cancer that I was diagnosed with. And so I was well aware, I was well aware that, I, that possibly I would live only another six to nine months longer. I had major surgery to remove the cancer and fortunately we discovered that it had not spread. It had not spread even though it was a very large lump. I healed up. I healed up and for over nine years now, I have been free of cancer, praise the Lord. Amen. I could say as did the Apostle Paul, and he, the Lord, rescued me from certain death. In a sense, I could say that. I was thinking and asking myself the question, why? Why did the Lord rescue me? 
Was it because the Lord still wanted me to pastor Rosewood Church of the Nazarene? Perhaps. Was it because my wife still needed someone to take out the garbage every week? Perhaps. Was it because the Lord wanted me to have the privilege of seeing my daughter Amy, I'm sorry, our daughter Amy, and our son Jeremy get married? Was it because he wanted me to see our kids get married? Possibly. Was it because the Lord wanted me to have the privilege of seeing our first grandchild, baby Yanni, a grandson, and in a few weeks, our first granddaughter coming up? Was that why the Lord rescued me? The truth is, I don't really know the answer I really don't know the answer to the question of why did the Lord rescue me from the cancer. However, I do believe, I do believe the Lord protects you, me, the Lord protects us until such time that for whatever reasons, God wants us in heaven. Amen? My friends, Live your life knowing you have the Lord's protection and it will help you to have the best year of your life. There's a fourth truth that can assist us to have the best year of life. And the fourth truth is this. Read it from the big screen with me. Find peace and comfort knowing the Lord will eventually bring you safely into heaven. And this truth comes from verse 18. Read it in unison together. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. The commentator in the Life Application Study Bible of the New Living Translation beautifully says the following about verse 18, the verse that we just read. The commentator says, here Paul was affirming his belief in eternal life after death. Paul knew the end was near, and he was ready for it. Anyone facing a life and death struggle can be comforted knowing that God will bring each believer safely through death to his or her heavenly kingdom. Amen. This past week, the week before, and actually for several, several months now, God brought some of your loved ones. He brought some of your loved ones, our loved ones, safely into his heavenly kingdom. I say to you, find peace and comfort knowing your loved one is with the Lord in heaven. May each one of us also find peace and comfort by repenting of our sins, 
believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, and thus knowing that your eternal home and my eternal home is also in heaven. In heaven. And when you know, when you know that someday you will be in heaven, it helps you greatly to have the best year of your life. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful to know that we can have the assurance that we're on the road to our heavenly kingdom to someday be in heaven with you. And I pray, O oh God, that you will help each one of us as we reflect upon the truths that we, we have discovered from this part of your holy Bible. I pray that you would help each one of us to have the best year of life that we've ever experienced. Help each one in accordance with their need, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.